Hello everybody, welcome to another episode, the first of the season, episode 71, our MPL season preview. The boys are back. Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, good thanks, mate. Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, you know, we, we've gone through this stage uh, three times now where the end of the season uh, is done and then you've got to wait all this time for the following season to start. Uh, but it's great to be sort of back into the thick of it and uh, definitely keen to uh, dissect uh, all the MPL clubs, uh, what they've uh, gotten up to, because as we're going to talk about, there's been a whole heap uh, of changes uh, throughout all the different clubs. So keen to break that down uh, with both of you. It's uh, good to be back. Yeah, and the reason why I went like this is because Michael's a little salty today because Inter lost to Juve 1-0 via a possible three handballs before. This isn't, this isn't before. the Serie A show, mate. This is the camera <laughs> show, mate. We, we can move so on. So I, I, I had to just dig that in before we start. And uh, a man that is happy because uh, his team won and Michael's team as well, Manchester United. Russ, how's it going today? Glad to have you back. Great to be back as well, guys. I feel like I haven't been away, what with the Liberty A-League and yep. the Capital Football awesome. League and everything else has been going on. It's been great. But yeah, just just hold it in check, Michael, because uh, if everything goes according to plan in the Europa League, United are playing Juventus yeah, in the semi. That's true. So you know, <laughs> bit of a, yeah, a bit of <laughs> that, a that, that can live for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back, though, guys. Great to be back on the football show, and uh, looking forward to the start of the new season. Yeah, before we get cracking on the preview, let's quickly mention a few things uh, before we get uh, started. Uh, huge news a couple of days ago: the APL have announced Canberra. They've identified them as an area of expansion that they want for the league. Not 100% official, but it seems very close from uh, all accounts. What are your thoughts on uh, that, Russ? That's huge. I know you were involved in the um, initial bid with Cadge uh, and, and the others. I remember one of those stand-up things. that uh, This was before we started the show at the um, Hellenic Club that you talked out with them. Uh, this has been a long time in the making, and then Jeff Williamson for that. So, yeah, it's huge. Yes, yeah, it's been going for a while. I was involved with Ivan Slavich's bid, actually, in the um, yep. way back when. I can't even remember when that was. It was such a long time ago <laughs> as well. Nine, but isn't it great news that uh, it's not quite done? It's not quite done yet. They've got to find the investors, but I'm hopeful that it'll happen. Um, it's fantastic news for football in Canberra. The important thing is, though, it's not just the it's not just good enough to have a team. It's all of us now and all our mates and everyone who watches this show and everyone who plays football going out and watching this side. It's no good just having a team there and nobody watching it because then they'll just turn around after a few years and go, well, there's no market for it. But we need to get get out now. Once it's all confirmed and the signings start coming in and all the stuff that goes with it, um, it's important that everybody now gets off their butts and gets to the ground wherever it's going to be played and watches the team and gets behind them. And I like to think we all will, which should be great because we've been waiting for this for ages. Yeah, no, I 100% uh, agree on that front. And Gangalan in Canberra, Croatia, also huge news for them. Submitted EOIs, expressions of interests for the uh, National Second Division. Uh, wh what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, this isn't a, a cheap endeavour for either side. So a lot of uh, sponsors and they've obviously got will or will get a lot of sponsors on board if either team is successful. A lot of work for both clubs mm. to do, of course, to get across the line in that one if they get given the nod. Uh, but they're two very ambitious football clubs mm. that we have in Canberra. And, you know, credit to the committees and everybody involved with those bids. 
uh, to give the EOI across the line and, and suggest that they can financially run those teams in a second division. And the more top flight football and second division football we get in Canberra, the better. So I wish them both the very best of luck and uh, hopefully we get a second division team to go with a, an A-League team and there'll just be so much football to watch. It'll be great. It certainly will and all year round as well in terms of A-League and then second division most likely will be like whether how the NPL clubs do it. So that will uh, certainly be interesting. So best of luck to both those teams also. And uh, Bar TV Sports is back, Russ. You've been on the... Uh, well, we were on the calls in uh, futsal, and then uh, the you guys have had the FFA Cup matches and the and the Charity Shield. So you've had a few matches, but Bar TV is back. And what can people expect? There's more than just the uh, the two uh, first grade leagues in women's and men's this year. Yeah, women's and men's will be free for everybody on Bar TV. You can just log on to bartvsports.com and watch that, which is going to be great. The under 23s men's. And the reserve grade women's will be behind a paywall. We'll be announcing the details of that. It's a monthly fee. But for that monthly fee, you don't just get the women's under reserves and men's under 23s. It'd be like your KO subscription. You get all the sport that's across the bar TV package. Um, there's tons of it from all around Australia, you know, depending on what you love from uh, from soccer and fo uh, football, rather, and rugby and league and touch footy and frisbee, whatever they've got on, you can access all of it. Um, but for a locally, we'll have the two. Uh, junior, the reserves and under 23 grades behind that paywall, which will be going some way towards offsetting the cost of being able to show it. Um, we missed it last year. The, the funding for it wasn't there. This is a way that we can get it back on there. And if people are keen to watch it, then yeah, please do subscribe and do so. Bar TV is going to be great as well. It's It's got a fantastic coaches and um, analytic portal tucked in the back end of it. I had a little play with it today. You can get lost in there for hours. Um, I'll give you guys some access so you can cut clips. You don't even need to cut your clips. They're already there for you. You can look at goals, corners, free kicks. Everything is, is time-stamped. You just go in, you take your clips that you want off. You can make your own highlights packages. Clubs are going to love it. Coaches are going to love it because it's going to save them hours. They can straight away look at, here's all the corners the opposition have had. Put them all in a little package, send it out to their team to look at as well. It's going to be a bit of a game changer for them, I think. And and for us guys as well, you for us to utilise on shows like this, you can have a little bit of highlights package um, to chuck on the front of your of your live show. And we won't mind doing that. We'll work with you along those kind of things. So it's going to be fantastic. It's great to have them back. Um, Clutch did a job for us last year on NPL TV. Uh, had, had a few issues at times, but, you know, I think, Bar TV just works for us as an organisation. It works for us as a community, the size of us as well. They've done a terrific job with Northern New South Wales and it's good to have them back on board. They're a one-stop shop and, um, and they know how we work and we know how they work. So I'm very positive it's going to go very well. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you could just see the uh, the positive um, comments once that was announced. So everyone's glad to have them back on board. Uh, that will, of course, lead us into the season. Let's start with our first team uh, is the reigning league champions from last season, Canberra Croatia, coached by Dean Ugrinich. Their 2022 position was first place. Uh, their points and win-loss record was 14 wins, five loss, five draws and two losses, 44 points overall. Like I said, they were the league champions of the year. They were the uh, grand final runners-up in the NPL grand final, and they most recently won the Charity Shield in 2023. Not the end to the season, like we mentioned, uh, going down to uh, Monaro in a pretty tight final. Doesn't take away their stellar league campaign. They went through um, the league as the standard bearers of the competition. Like I mentioned, only lost twice during league play. And even with their, their loss in the final, uh, when you add up all those losses, that's still less than everybody else 
had in the competition last season. So that's not to take away uh, the great season they had, even though they didn't come out on top in the end. Um, but they came out ready for redemption against Monaro in that charity shield, coming out 4-1 victors. Uh, naturally, uh, you, they probably won't be getting carried away with the uh, charity shield win. However, that's a great way to start the season none, nonetheless. And I guess what I took away from that was lots of opportunities given to those young players and uh, some of the 23s players from last season um, came in for some of the players that were absent. So that was um, really good to see. Uh, Dean Orgrinich, of course, back on board, uh, very experienced coach in the league. They've added the likes of Daniel Sparrow and Kaz Patafta. Uh, so both of them, they're two quality signings. They've lost the likes of Tineski and Tanoski, though, uh, just to name a couple. And they were, of course, uh, pivotal to uh, Croatia last season. So some big losses there. Um, not re- Before the Charity Shield, not really a lot of chatter about Canberra, uh, Croatia, sort of similar to last year. Uh, but after the Charity Shield and their uh, impressive win as well against Tigers, I'm sure, um, and they've proved again that as Canberra Croatia are, they'll always be there or thereabouts. I can't even remember the last time they didn't make the top four. Maybe you can answer that uh, uh, for me, Russ, if you can remember from the top of your head. Uh, what are your thoughts of Canberra Croatia uh, heading into this campaign? And feel free to add any more of the ins and outs to the couple I just mentioned there. Yeah, I've been very impressed by them so far. What I've seen in the Charity Shield and the win over Tigers, they brought in Frank Greco, um, who's been excellent in their midfield for them. He was superb. Um, they've got so much quality that they've won those two games without a quartet of attackers. Um, you mentioned the likes of Kaz Patafta. Um, Jason Ugrinich wasn't there. Stephen Dominici wasn't there. And they've signed Lukman Ahmed Shaibu from Sutherland Sharks as well. He played for Monero Panthers um, for a while, a couple of years back. So they've got four out-and-out strikers there that weren't involved in the wins. They had four over the Panthers and two, uh, 3-1 over the Tigers. The young boys have been incredibly good, though. Um Cassidy Tando and Marte Busek, who came through the ranks there um, via other clubs where I took along as well, have moved on and they've just replaced him. It's like a conveyor belt of talent. Jack Leverett came in at right back and he was very, very good. They've um, David Cecilius kicked on. Uh, young Noah van der Poel played on the weekend, scored a goal and was excellent. They've just got so many good players in this team. Um, and But the key one signing for me might well t- turn out to be Daniel Sparrow. Um, from Tigers. He he definitely had a point to prove against them on the weekend in the cup tie. Uh, he was outstanding in that midfield. And we all know what we're going to get with Daniel Sparrow. If we can get a fit Daniel Sparrow on the park, football in Canberra is going to be better for it because he's such a character and he brings such good quality to the teams he plays for. Really looking forward to see how he melts into this side. As you mentioned, though, not many in, not many out. It's, it's a standard for Canberra, Croatia, and uh, they're going to be there or thereabouts again. Been very impressed by them. Had a good pre-season. Um, Dean wasn't there for the last two weeks. He's been sunning himself in Fiji on a holiday. So he'll be nice and relaxed when he comes back for round one as well. And uh, they've got the nice easy Chivapi Derby up first against O'Connor Knights. It'd be fantastic. What a way to start the season. So, yeah, good. To, they've lost a few key players. They've replaced them with good quality. They're going to be good, difficult to beat again. Indeed, it's going to be an interesting way to start the season. Michael, who do we have next up? Next up. Uh, Matt, we have Canberra Olympic, who uh, are coached by Paolo Makor. They finished fifth uh, in 2022 last season. Uh, their points and win-loss record was seven wins, five draws, and nine losses for 26 points. Like I mentioned, uh, fifth position uh, for Olympic last season, so they narrowly missed out on finals football. 
uh, it pretty much came down right to the wire, if I remember correctly, against uh, the O'Connor Knights who snuck in there just inside the top four. Uh, regardless, it was still, I think, uh, a very good season from uh, Olympic last year, given the fact that maybe not a lot of people thought that they were going to be challenging for the top four. But I thought, you know, there were certain performances during the season last year that made you think that this team has the potential to be really good once they sort of put it all together. And I think that they'll have in their minds of sort of making that extra step this season in 2023 to get themselves into the top four. Uh, we know that their coach, uh, McCaw, he has plenty of experience coaching uh, at this level with his title-winning title pedigree. So they have a great leader on the sidelines to sort of guide this team forward. And, you know, I expect a lot from Canberra Olympic uh, this season. You know, last season, I thought that that they had a great mixture of sort of youth uh, and experienced uh, players throughout their sort of starting lineup and uh, even on the bench uh, as well. So just to mention sort of a few key uh, additions uh, to the team, you've got Thomas James, Callum Smith and Isaac Clements. So three sort of good, notable additions there. And some key uh, departures for this team is Asoso Ihegi, uh, Oliver Whitaker, and Simon Rohan uh, Jones. So you've got Ihegi and uh, Rowan Jones there who were uh, very good players for uh, Olympic last season, two crucial men. So they've got uh, two, you know, critical departures there, but, you know, they've made some really good additions uh, to this team. And like I said, I think that they can have the potential to have a really good season. Uh, Russ, what are your thoughts on how Olympic are going to head into this uh, campaign. And uh, obviously feel free to uh, disclose any sort of ins and outs that I didn't mention there. But like I said, they sort of narrowly missed out last season. A lot of positives to take out of it. What's your take? Yeah, it's exciting times for Canberra Olympic. They've um, brought in some really big names. You mentioned a couple of them. Lasse Ulrich is another one that's come across from Tigers to help bolster their defence. He'll replace Daniel Linstead, who I understand is not going to play this year. Um, there's a potential of another striker signing coming um, this week. I uh, won't mention that just yet, just in case it doesn't come off. But that would give them... Uh, they've already got a very frightening front three in Thomas James, Luca Flores and Nick Popovich. And Popovich is probably their key man for me at the moment. He's been in a sensational form in pre-season. Um, he scored a hat-trick against Newcastle Olympic. He got four against ANU. And then he got both goals in that narrow cup victory over Tuggeron United. That that match, they were missing a couple of players, of course. Nathan Medjic didn't play, Thomas James didn't play, but exposed a couple of things about them that other teams would look at and go, well, maybe we can counter there. But also showed how good they were um, in going forward and coming back from a deficit. They've got a mix of youth and experience, as you mentioned. Uh, Paul McCall's been pretty upbeat with what he's signed. I think he's re really excited to have Thomas James back in the ranks and who wouldn't be? The guy's an X-factor and a game-changer and um, he's going to make a big difference to that Canberra Olympic team. But they do have some really good young players through that group as well. And defensively, they looked pretty pretty strong. Um, maybe there's a little bit of a lack of pace in that back too, in the centre-back pairing. I'm not entirely sure. We'll wait and see how that works out. But the full-backs are more than quick enough to cover for them. And they were really good in the game I saw against Tuggeranong. Um, Very important season for them as well. They're not used to being outside the top four. They're one of our big clubs in Canberra, of course, and they'll expect to be pushing for finals, if not higher up the table and, and pushing for that number one spot. Have they got the players to do it? Well, they do. 
they've lost a few, like you mentioned, Seamus Carr's another uh, uh, absentee. He's moved into state. He had a good season in defence for them last year. But they've certainly got the players in that squad and the calibre of the coaching in Paul McCoy has been there and done it all himself and um, Danny with him as well to certainly uh, push for the title this year. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, who do we have next up? Next up is Gungahlin United. Uh, Gungahlin United, obviously coached by Chris Cajano, uh, taking over from Marcel Munoz. 2022 position was second place, and their uh, win-loss record last season was 12 wins, four draws, and five losses, 40 points overall in the league. Gungahlin did quite well in the league last season. Like I mentioned, uh, second, they finished pretty strongly as well. They had a little bit of a mid-season slump, and unfortunately for them, they lost consecutively in the final series to Croatia and then Monaro, uh, who eliminated them last and obviously went on to win the whole thing. Like I mentioned before, Chris Cajano officially takes over uh, over the first grade squad for the first time. Uh, he has been in that Gungahlin setup for a while now. He coached the 23s a couple of years back. He's been the assistant coach for a number of years now. So he knows the system. He knows a lot of these players. Uh, obviously, he has the links to the players coming up from the 23s and so on. So it'll be really interesting to see how uh, Chris does. We all know he's a quality coach. So let's see how he does in terms of the first grade. Uh, Gungahlin have, and I guess a major bit as well as they've retained quite a lot of their core players, uh, which is always key. And they've also added the likes of Max Green and Jackson Paisler, who we both know are quality players joining from Belco and uh, the Wanderers from last season. And they've, but they have uh, had a few departures. Uh, Jeremy Habtamerium and Will Roberts have both moved to clubs in Melbourne and uh, Pariah Cullen and uh, Milesevic, uh, to name a couple, have joined the uh, Mariners Academy, which uh, won't be the first time we've said that today. So it's good to see. And um, it looks to see that uh, the Capital All-Stars as well was a bigger factor into a lot of these players uh, getting the opportunity of the uh, Mariners Academy, which is awesome to see as well. Uh, but in terms of Gungahlin, they still have a very strong squad, like Russell mentioned, I'm sure. And uh, we've got a very competitive comp this year, and I'm sure Gungahlin will be one of those teams vying for that top four. Uh, Russ, what do you make of Gungahlin United this season? And like I said, feel free to add any ins and outs I didn't mention. Much the same as we got last year, I think. They'll keep a lot of possession. Um, we saw that in the cup tie with O'Connor Knights on Friday night. They keep the ball well. They like to play possession football. They've got the ability in their midfield um, and in the backs with Buddy Abbas and, and Jack Green and then that midfield trio they played in the week, um, Josh Gaspari, Anthony Timotheo, who's joined from the Tigers back to Gungahlin United um, in that midfield trio uh, with Tom McLaughlin as well to pick passes um, through and over the, the opposition defence. And when you've got the pace of Max Green and Felipe Bernabeu Madrid up, up top, you're going to score goals. And we saw that with Max Green's finishing ability on the weekend. He missed a couple of chances early on in that cut tie, but then scored two cracking goals to put them through. Um, you mentioned the the departures. Robert Kachenko's also left um, the fullback. And Nick Rathjen has dropped down a couple of divisions to play for Bell North um, as he focuses on his futsal ruse career as well. So there are a couple of big losses for them as as alongside the ones you mentioned with Jeremy Habtaman. Wish him luck, actually, down in Brunswick, Juventus, where he is at the moment. Yeah, you, you, Gungarland 
play, as we say, neat and tidy. They've got ability to keep clean sheets. They've got a very good goalkeeper in Jacob Quinn. They've got goal scorers at the other end of the park. I quite like the signing of Jackson Paisler for them as well. He adds a lot of quality to that side. Um, it's it's a, such a close competition this year. I'm not really sure where they're going to finish. Last year, like you said, they got to finals. Uh, they they will be disappointed that they didn't do better than what they did. Knocked out by, I think it was the Panthers, if memory serves me right, um, in the prelim. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where promotion from in, internally in the shape of Chris Caggiano for Marcel Munoz means that there's no real drop-off in in how the team will train and how the team will will be prepared because they're all they've all seen it and done it. It's nothing new for them. Maybe that's their downside. Maybe that will be their weakness come the end of the season. Uh, everyone's seen them what they've done before. Maybe Chris Caggiano's got something up his sleeves. I'm sure he does. Uh, maybe he's got a couple of new signings to come in. I'm sure there's potential for them as well. But again, like the ones we've already mentioned, they're going to be there or thereabouts to the end of the year. They'll play some wonderful football and they'll be well worth a watch. They certainly will. And yeah, great point about how competitive this comp's going to be this year. It's it's mm. like if anyone does like a top four prediction or something, like if you just ask them, it would just be very difficult to to pick because everyone seems to have added and uh, quality this year. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, Michael, who do we have next up? Oh, just quickly, did Leon Mikkel take an opportunity uh, in Germany uh, as yes, well? Yeah. Yep, also. Yeah. Uh, so again, I think that just sort of speaks to some of the awesome opportunities that you were talking about before, Matt, with uh, some of the personnel that have taken opportunities outside of Canberra. And obviously to you know, take your footballing career to Germany is a massive step. So uh, congratulations to Leon uh, on that and wishing uh, well. Uh, but we'll move on now uh, to the Monaro Panthers, uh, who are coached uh, by Ian Worthington. So a coach uh, change there for the Panthers. Uh, their 2022 position was third in the table. Uh, their points and win-loss uh, record, nine wins, eight draws and four losses for 35 points. They were obviously the 2022 MPL Grand Final winners. They were also the 2022 Oz Cup qualifying final winners as well. And as we had already uh, discussed earlier in this show, uh, Canberra Croatia uh, won the Charity Shield against uh, Monaro Panthers. So they were runners up on this uh, occasion. Obviously coming into this season, you know, they're, they're coming on the back of, you know, winning the grand final uh, last season, obviously doing well in the Oz Cup uh, as well. So uh, even though I think, you know, obviously the departure of uh, Frank Keisha will be a huge loss for the Panthers because we know what a great coach uh, Frank is uh, in Canberra football. But, you know, they've, uh, they have a very experienced replacement in Ian and uh, Worthington, you know, who's been involved with uh, the Monaro Panthers set up for a very long time. So I think it sort of will help them having someone taking over in that position that knows the ins and outs of, of the club and, and the players there. So it should be a relatively sort of smooth transition. Of course, he'll want to implement his ideas that might be a little bit different to what Frank was doing. But nevertheless, it's a very good, uh, appointment for the Monaro Panthers. And, you know, we, we've talked about in previous years on, on this show, sort of the struggles that they have endured for multiple seasons. And then they've come into, you know, a new season sort of, you know, having something to prove. Whereas, you know, 
the narrative is a little bit this different this time around because they had such an excellent season last year that may or may not have taken a few people by surprise and now they'll be looking to you know do even better this time around so there's a lot of optimism around the Monaro Panthers uh coming into uh 2023 so uh, I, I think they're going to do uh, very, very well. So some key additions uh, for the Panthers for the 2023 season. They've got Rocco Stricker that's come across from Tigers. Uh, they've got Sam uh, Roaster back and back. And uh, another key addition that I think is a really good signing for them is Connor Minot-Smith, one of the best sort of young players that we've got uh, in the NPL. Everyone saw his quality last year for the O'Connor Knights. He's a great young player, so he's going to be a very good uh, handy addition for the Panthers. In saying that, though, they've had a few key departures uh, as well in Emilio Kishta, Nico Kalfas, and Josh Calabria. So three players there that were very essential to the Panthers' sort of cause for their great season last year have now left the club. Russ, what are your sort of views on Monaro? Obviously, they had a fantastic 2022 can they carry this into 2023? Well, I was joking with you in Worthington after you win the Charity Shield, um, the uh, Australia Cup qualifying competition and the grand final. The only thing he can do is win the lot, isn't it? I mean, there's yeah. no pressure on him at all. Um, yeah, they, they they potentially can. They've lost some key players. You mentioned there. There's three others uh, potentially that you didn't mention. Darren Bailey's moved back to Griffith. Andre Carl, the striker's down in Adelaide now. And Carl Senior. Uh, central defenders moved across the Tigers, which is a big loss to them. They've tried to replace like for like, so um, you'll see them playing a very similar system, I think. Um, Jenna Chiruti's come in from West Canberra Wanderers, and he told me last night that even though his dad is called Mr. Ceruti at his school, he wants now to be pronounced Chiruti, like the Italian way. So we're going with Chiruti this season. So put that in your diaries, lads, and make sure you get that correct for him. Can I just say, I was pronouncing it like that last year, and then I was corrected. So, <laughs> uh, no, Yeah, he was, we, were, we, were, we were as well originally, and we were, we were uh, corrected by Mr. Ceruti, <laughs> and now we're back to Ceruti again. So swings and roundabouts, mate, swings and roundabouts. Uh, you mentioned Conor Minot-Smith. Christian Kreskus has come across from Belconnen as well, um, so that's a good signing for them. I'm quite looking forward, to, and I'm hoping that Ben Obst gets on the park for them as well. He had a knee injury, serious one for the Wanderers last year. He was a big miss for them. They haven't had the best of starts, have they? Zach McLaren's red card in the charity shield probably blew that scoreline out perhaps more than it would have. Uh, but they've come through a tricky cup tie away in um, Wagga on the weekend. And that's where you mentioned Rocco Stricker. He came to the fore. He scored a, a couple of goals in that one. He's going to be a, a key signing for them as well. What we might see with Rocco is that last year with the Tigers, they played him at centre-back. The, the Monero Panthers have got lots of cover in that area. They've got good holding midfielders. Um, they've got central defenders in James Wilson, David Jenkins, Adam DeFranceschi, um, to name but three. They've got holding midfielders. They can play Sam Rosbach and they can play Benny Bassasilk. They can play Zach McLaren in those roles if they want to. You know, Gabe Cole is one of the best holding midfielders in the league. So what that will allow them to do is push Rocco Stricker further up the park. We talked about this a lot last year. We think with a player of that quality, you want to get him on the ball in areas of the pitch where he can hurt the opposition. If you've watched him play in the charity shield, you would have seen him running back, clearing him off the clearing shots off the line defensively, getting forward, getting shots away as well. He's that dynamic player. He could make a huge difference to this side. And someone like Conor Minot Smith that you mentioned as well could learn a lot of Rocco Stricken. I'm really looking forward to see how those two guys can gel in this Monero Panthers outfit 
They're going to rely on Michael John for a lot of goals. I think uh, he can uh, potentially come to the party with that. We know how good a finisher he is as well. So, again, much like everybody else we've talked about, they'll have eyes on the prize. They finished third last year. The only trophy they didn't get was the league title. Ian Worthington, well, he's a winner. Um, he has been at clubs in the UK that he's been with as well. Um, he was a decent player himself back in the day, and I'm sure he'll bring that mentality into the team. Replacing those big, big names, though, weren't just big names on the part, big personalities off the off it and in the changing room as well. Um, Frank Keisha spoke to me about them a lot now that he's going to be on board with us in commentary, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. Uh, Matt, who do we have uh, next up? Next up, we have the O'Connor Knights, coached by Miro Tirinich. Uh, their 2022 position was fourth and their 2022 win and loss record was eight wins, three draws, 10 losses, 27 points overall. The O'Connor Knights had uh, one hell of a return to top flight football in Canberra last season, finishing in the top four. Unfortunately for them, their finals run was cut short uh, by eventual winners Monaro in that elimination uh, final. The O'Connor Knights began their recruitment quite early, adding a tremendous amount of depth, especially in their back line with the likes of Harrison Pallick, Connor Bill, James Driscoll, uh, uh, Lockie Fields, as well as Blaze Blazlowski in midfield. So, as you can all remember, a lot of all those players were all from the Wanderers. So, I guess one thing uh, Miro won't have to worry about are all those players in defense, um, you know, giving them time to gel. They've all played last season. You can insert them all, and they will immediately have that, uh, uh, immediately have that chemistry together. Uh, not to mention that they're all good players as well. Alex Tirinich as well mentioned in his preseason interview with me that you can see on Facebook uh, that they felt like they leaked too many goals last season. So they needed to address those issues. So that was part of um, their recruitment strategy there. Uh, they've also, like Michael mentioned before in the Olympic bit, they've added Isosa Hegi from uh, Canberra Olympic. And we all know his quality. He's a proven goal scorer. He's got great skills and he's just got tremendous speed as well. He's going to be a huge um, addition for O'Connor up front. Uh, some of the players that have lost, uh, Michael mentioned before, Connor Minot-Smith to Monaro, a big loss for them there. Uh, Liam Walsh and Keenan Dodd as well, to mention a few. Um, I believe they've both retired. You can uh, correct me there, Russ, if I'm wrong there, but uh, they're uh, two huge uh, huge losses as well, especially Keenan Dodd, who um, has been at the O'Connor Knights for many, many years. Uh, Noah Steinacker as well as another out. Uh, he's joined the Canberra contingent at the Mariners Academy, uh, which is awesome to see. So the O'Connor Knights will be looking to replicate their performance last season. It's going to be an even more competitive comp uh, this season. So it'll be interesting to see where they end up. But we all know the O'Connor Knights are an ambitious club and they really want to push uh, to try and win things. So it's going to be an interesting season for the O'Connor Knights, and they've definitely uh, recruited well. Russ, what are your thoughts on the O'Connor Knights? Like I mentioned, they're a club that really want to push and be there uh, with one with the most successful clubs in Canberra. So how do you see them shaping up the season? I'm massively disappointed that they've tightened up their defence because they were great to watch. They get four at one end, could see three at the other. Their matches were brilliant. There was always goals in them. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna um, shore up your defence, the best way to do it is to get a ready-made unit, isn't it? And that's what they've done. You mentioned they went to the Wanderers and they picked across the four players. And you could already see on Friday that that it was a very strong unit. Harrison Palich on one side, James Driscoll on the other, and the the duo of Lachlan Fields and Connor Bill down the middle. And it, and it really made a difference. 
Um, what we did see, and I did see an awful lot of Lockie Fields doing it, West Canberra Wanderers last year, was him advancing forward um, and joining the attack, released from the shackles on a few occasions. Now, whether that was just the um, nature of the cup tie at the time on Friday or whether that's a tactic we'll see later in the season remains to be seen, but it was quite exciting. Um, only half joking, of course, they're still going to play amazingly attacking football because that's all they know. They've got some wonderful attacking talent and adding Asosa Heggie into a team which has already got Fakedi Manda and Michael Adams uh, to name but two as attacking threats is just going to be a joy to watch. They've, they're very um, keen to get on the front foot whenever they can. They like to play in transition. Uh, a lot of teams found that out last year. I think Monero Panthers did it very well in that match you mentioned. They, they know that the Connor Knights wanted to play on the counter. So they spread the field a bit for them so they couldn't. Um, and in the end, it, it cost them. But, you know, they've got a good coaching team there. They've got a side that has got a lot of belief in themselves. They also have this um, the mentality, a bit like United back in the 90s, where they have the, no one likes us, we don't care. We're going to go out and do our thing um, and woe betide anyone that gets in our way and stops us trying to do it. And, and it's a great mentality to have. It builds that um, cohesion and, and bonding between the team. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how the in incoming players from the Wanderers build into that. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they've done that plenty in pre-season. As per usual, they've had a thorough um, pre-season preparation. Um, they'll be really disappointed that they've gone out of the Australia Cup at this stage to a, a very good Gungahlin United side, but it will only make them even more determined to to carry on from where they did last year, reclaim a top four spot, which was a fantastic achievement in their first year back, and perhaps go even further in the competition. And, you know, once they've gone on a roll last year, they're difficult to stop and you wouldn't bet against them again. Yeah, you certainly wouldn't. Michael, who do, you have, who do we have ne next up? Next up is Tigers FC, Matt, with coach Jimmy Cataritas. Uh, they were two. They were sixth uh, position in 2022, and their points and loss, win-loss record, sorry, was four wins, 10 draws, and seven defeats for 22 points. I feel that Tigers are one of the teams that have a lot to prove this campaign, given the struggles they endured last year. Obviously, we know the talent that they had at their disposal. I just think that they weren't obviously able to really put it together the way that they had wanted to out on the pitch. And I think that was a real reflection in the results that they picked up last season. And obviously a lot of draws, double digit draws goes to sort of show that uh, most definitely, you know, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see sort of what Jimmy will do uh, with this team, uh, Going forward, obviously, bringing in a new manager will hopefully, in their case, sort of reinvigorate the team. And we've so been so used to Tigers being sort of a stalwart club that's in and around the top four. So last season was a bit of a surprise in that case that they weren't able to get over the line into the top four, something that we're not sort of used to seeing in recent memory. But I, I can be sure that the squad will be eager to get back into the top four. So we'll see how Jimmy does uh, as manager of this uh, this squad. And some key additions uh, for this outfit are some players that we had sort of briefly touched on earlier in the show. You've got Emilio Kishta and Nikos Kalfas coming in. You've got Christian Tanoski and Nikola Taneski that have come in. So you've got four very, very good additions there. 
to sort of go along with that narrative of getting Tigers back to where they feel they belong, which is, you know, competing inside the top four and, and even beyond that. Uh, some key outs for them is a player that, you know, Russ was talking about at length there, Rocco Streaker and Antoni Timotheo has also left the Tigers. So some key departures there, but like I said, they've made some really good additions and it's going to be a really, really interesting season for Tigers FT, FC to sort of see where they're at and how they'll bounce back from what they went through last season. Russ, do you really play sort of into that narrative uh, as much in terms of, you know, we're, we're so used to seeing Tigers up there in the table, competing well, getting results, having some of the best players, you know, and one of the most sort of the in-depth squads in the competition, and they just weren't able to get it right last season so how do you sort of foresee their 2023 season going well 10 draws suggests they're not too far away doesn't it i mean 10 draws it's, it's only a goal away from an extra 10 wins and if you if they'd even turned three or four of those draws into victories last year they would have made the top four so they're not too far away and they weren't too far away last year and what they've done is gone out and and really recruited very heavily, and they brought in some really big names. Um, other names that you didn't mention in your list: um, Marko Milutinovic, that's coming at the back from Logan Lightning. Uh, really exciting um, Japanese midfielder in Tomohiro Ogawa, who played on the weekend. I thought he was really tidy when he came on. They they quite like the look of him. And Thomas Robertson, who slotted into left back. Um, but what they've got, um, and I mentioned Carl Senior before, who will play in central defence for them uh, as a big loss for Monero. With that, though, comes expectation. You've got big names on that list, players that you mentioned in Kalfas, Kishta, Christian Tanoski and Nick Taneski, players that win things, players that are expected to win things. And all of a sudden, the expectation of that group has gone up exponentially. And, and that's um, something that Jimmy Canaridis and his crew are going to have to live with because every week they go out there and every week you guys go through the predictions, um, you'll look at the lineups and you'll go, well, they'll be expected to win um, because of the team that they've got out on the park. And that's not even including the players that, that are going to be in and around that group as well. The bench is going to be really strong. And um, we've mentioned on this show numerous times over the previous 70 odd episodes that we've done that you don't win league titles with one to 11. You win league titles with 12 through 18 and potentially even further in this competition. So there, it's going to be a, a season for them where they're going to have to perform. They didn't on Saturday in the Australian Cup game. They looked a bit disjointed against a Canberra Croatia side that looked far more fluid. Whether that was because they've not played that formation before, I don't know, because I haven't seen much of them in pre-season. But they've got really good individuals that haven't really gelled as a unit yet. Now, I expect they will because you've got players of that ilk. Um, they're not going to be that that disjointed all the time. They're going to find a way and they'll find a way to win football matches. There's so much talent in this side. You cannot write them off at any stage. And Going particularly, let's pretend we've not seen anything in preseason. You're looking at names on a piece of paper, which in some respects we are. Um, you'd have to say they're one of the title favourites. Absolutely, Russ. Uh, couldn't agree more based on sort of what you just said there. Uh, they've got some great players. So we'll sort of see how that goes to begin the season and uh, if they're going to gel uh, quickly or if it's going to take time. But we'll wait and see. Matt, who have we got next up? Uh, before we move on, what do we think of the the Tigers rebrand with the orange and the sort of going for the um 
I really yeah. like it. Yeah. I really like it. I thought it looked really good on the weekend. Mm. I understand that watching it on on the on the TV, it was a bit of a clash with the radio <laughs> of camera crash. It's it's never re- it's really difficult sometimes when you're broadcasting if you've got two colours the same. In in real life, it didn't look that bad, but the actual colours themselves are very mm. striking, very dynamic. Um, and what it does do, I think they've got they've got their sizes imported. So they're a little bit smaller than what they potentially could be. So their players suddenly look like giants. They look like absolute hulks. And, they're, and they're, when you watch them and you go out, I mean, they're quite an imposing outfit anyway. They've got some tall, strong players in that team. But I really like the rebranding. I quite like the new badge as well. Yeah. It's a good yeah. direction for them. And yeah, I wish them all the very best because I think that those colours will be flying high at some stage this season, without a doubt. Yeah, no, that's um, I, I I rate the branding. Next up, we've got Tuggerong United, coached by Mitch Stevens. Twenty twenty two position was of course first in CPL, promoted to MPL. Their win loss record uh, was sixteen wins, two draws, three losses, fifty points overall. Uh, like I mentioned, they were the league champions in CPL in twenty twenty two. Also won the twenty twenty two CPL Grand Final. Uh, let's not forget how they won that in fashion with. Uh, Adam Furch with the overhead kick um, late in the second half of extra time. Perfect way to win a final and also a perfect way for Adam to uh, hang up his boots and uh, call it a career also. Uh, Mitch Stevens' men, of course, last year, like we've mentioned a few times, laid the blueprint for how clubs can sort of handle and treat relegation, uh, which uh, we've mentioned a few times uh, for Bell Connon, who will be in CPL this year. So it'll be interesting to see if they um, uh, can do the same thing as Tuggeranong. But in terms of Tuggeranong, uh, they've been able to retain some key players from last season, which, of course, is huge for them because they we saw such a huge cohesion with that team. We saw a, a great camaraderie there. Uh, the likes of Walker, Hislop, and Stevens especially uh, were absolutely stellar in, in CPL. So it'll be interesting to see how they go um, in the MPL. Uh, they've lost the likes of Harrison Bunell, who has taken up an awesome opportunity at Wollongong Wolves. And from what I've understood, uh, he's uh, started quite a bit for them. So that's uh, awesome to see there for the young lads. And also during his interview in preseason with me, you could sort of uh, tell the, the like I mentioned before, the joint camaraderie. Um, you can see that in the group. So you know they're not the, the you know they won't be considered the favourites. Uh, they'll know that, but I'm sure internally. They they obviously know their strengths and they probably fancy themselves at you know upsetting a few big teams here or here or there and um, they'll be looking to prove everyone were wrong and show that uh, that twenty twenty one for them uh, wasn't the season they intended and they proved that last year in CPL now they want to prove that again in MPL so Russ um, a lot for the uh, a lot for Tiger on United to prove. Uh, what do you make of them heading into this campaign? Obviously, keeping the likes of the players that I mentioned uh, will be crucial for them. And um, if anyone hasn't seen them in CPL, uh, they're in for a treat with some of those players. Yeah, they've got a really good group. And uh, Mitch hasn't really done an awful lot in the transfer market um, outside of keeping that group together. They've lost Harrison Bunau and Adam Fritsch. You mentioned Dean Tomeski and Sean Kitty are another couple that have, have moved on. But they brought in Jordan Keisha from uh, Monero Panthers, which I think is a really astute signing. He could fill in a number of positions for them in the back. Kunyet Gagla has come across from White Eagles as a, as a proven goal scorer in the, C, in the uh, CPL. Daniel Hurl's back um, from uh, from um, uh, inter- overseas as well, so he'll play 
in midfield for them, which adds a bit. He used to play for the Panthers. Rory Evans has come across from Western Malonglo, a central defender who impressed a lot last year. Um, and Martin Deng is back, uh, is with Tuggerong, um, very experienced, and he'll bring an older head to that younger group. He's a, He's got 97 um, NPL appearances under his belt already, so that's more than the rest of the league uh, team combined. Quite like the luck of young Clancy Hislop when I saw a glimpse of him in the Cup on Wednesday. Um, the younger brother of Pat Hislop, a tricky little winger. What they will need to do, Tuggerong United, is take the chances that they create. They're not going to get as many as they did in the CPL, um, just because of the very nature of where they are in the competition. They're playing against uh, better players now. They're in the NPL, so the, the, obviously the standard is higher. So maybe those chances that they were missing um, a couple of times last year, they'll need to be a bit more clinical in the front third. There's going to be a lot of expectation on Sam Walker. Um, we've seen a lot of him last year. He was very good with the amount of goals and assists he came up with. Luke Stevens as well in that front third, and Kagla will slot in also. Young Angus McLaughlin played on Wednesday um, in the Cup in a holding midfield role. He's the younger brother of Meg McLaughlin, who played for um, Monero Panthers, Canberra Olympic, and Canberra United in the W League. So he's got a bit of pedigree about him too. Um, and in, their goalkeepers have got to be on form. They've got three goalkeepers in James Benevento, Adam Stevens, who we saw play for Wagga City Wanderers in the CPL Reserves final last year was man of the match and young Pete Philippa, they're going to need to be in top form as well because there's going to be more chances coming against them as there were as opposed to last year as well. So for Tuggerong United, I think it's a season of consolidation. The important thing for them is to stay up, is to get in this division, put themselves about, push for that top four. They'll have ambitions for it. Of course they will. Everybody has ambitions for the top four. But the important thing for them is to let opposition teams know that they've been there you guys have been to Canbar too. We've seen plenty of games down there. It's it's a forbidding, a foreboding place to play, I should say. Um, when the crowd get on your back down at Canbar too, there's not very many places to hide, and uh, it's going to be important for them to pick up home points. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Looking forward to seeing this young, exciting, exuberant side that Mitch Stevens has put together take on some of these big guns in the Premier League. And as you said, Matt, I think there's a real possibility that they could ruffle a few feathers and upset a few. Um, of the more fancy teams this year. It certainly will be interesting to see how Tuggerong go. Michael, who do we have um, last up? Last up, we have West Canberra Wanderers, uh, coached by Dom English and George Economopoulos. Uh, so we've got a dual uh, managerial uh, situation going on you know, in West, West Canberra, obviously the only side that are doing uh, something like this. Uh, in 2022, they finished seventh. Their points and win-loss record was four wins, five draws, 12 losses for 17 points. They obviously had a fantastic cup run last season where they made the Australian Cup qualifying final uh, where they finished runners-up to Monaro uh, Panthers in that instance. You know, they'll, they'll no doubt... This club will no doubt be looking to sort of thrive in 2023 after successfully avoiding relegation last season. We know sort of how close that relegation battle got between themselves and Belconnen United. And obviously, and ultimately, it was Belconnen United that ended up being the side relegated. So a massive sigh of relief in that instance for West Canberra to keep their status in the MPL uh, competition. And... You know, a, a huge mention that I think has been already been brought up uh, that's more of a sort of negative for, for this side is, you know, they've, they've 
lost, you know, essentially their entire back line from, from last season. So it's going to be interesting to sort of see the players that will fill those positions and how they will perform at the back. So it's going to be really interesting to sort of see how West Canberra go, but not only just their back line, they've obviously had a massive overhaul, which I'm sure Rush uh, will share with us uh, in a moment when I cross to him. But, you know, this will be another team that's, you know, going to be fighting for their sort of survival in the MPL. Uh, they'll use what they went through last season as, you know, a real sort of confidence boost in terms of, you know, they show that they can hang in there and, like I mentioned with Olympic earlier in the show, they managed to pick up some really good results, particularly at the start of last season. And then it sort of just started to get away from them as the sort of season hit the midpoint and uh, beyond. But, you know, they're certainly capable of producing a surprise here and there, uh, West Canberra Wanderers. And I'm really interested to sort of see how they go. In terms of key additions to the squad, we've got Riley Brown, Jack Madry Banks and Harry Term Truman, sorry, that come into the squad. Their key outs, Lachlan Fields, Jackson Paisler, Blaze Voslovsky, and Jacob Wiseman. So we mentioned already those names uh, in the shows when previewing some of the other clubs that have picked up those players uh, respectively. Russ, what do you make of West Canberra? Obviously, and I'm sure you're going to get into it. They've had a massive, massive uh, overhaul. Essentially, a whole new squad is what we're looking at here. What are you sort of expecting from West Canberra Wanderers, and how dif- how how difficult will they find it in the competition this year compared to say last season? Well, I think uh, most people that watch MPL in Canberra were watching, looking on in the in the summer months and seeing player after player after player depart that football club. Shay Thornton's gone as well, amongst plenty of others that you mentioned. There's 16 players have left that club in the summer, which is an enormous amount for turnover. So there was all doom and gloom and everybody's like, well, how are they even going to recover from this? What are they going to be able to do? We've been asking these questions internally in our in our little chats and um, the football talk around town's been asking these things as well. Well, we got a glimpse of it last night, didn't we? In the cup, they brought in a dozen players and you think, well, you start from scratch, it's a brand new squad. And a lot of these boys have come through the junior ranks, but the ones they brought in have been excellent. Riley Brown was outstanding yesterday. His little partnership with Angus Bailey is going to cause all sorts of problems. They found themselves a a centre forward in Nick Rufagalis, who scored two really good goals and ran hard, worked his socks off yesterday. They've got Harry Truman, who came off the bench and bagged a couple. He's a proven goal scorer. If they can get him fit and firing as well, they've suddenly got options. Babin Pordell was there too off the bench yesterday. Defensively, um, they brought. They got a young lad in called um, Abdullah Khaled. Uh, excuse me, Abdullah Khaled Abbas. Um, apparently, he's an Afghanistani refugee. Um, doesn't speak a word of English apparently, but he was brilliant yesterday. Um, outstanding at centre back alongside Roy Romeo. Um, the, yes, they were playing Canberra Juventus, a team they would expect to beat. But it was the manner in which they did it, the composure, the professionalism, the way they played the ball around. The addition of Doug Woodywis, who we watched in, in the Capital Futsal League as well, come in was a huge bonus for them playing in the number six role. He just patrolled in front of the back four. He allowed Bailey and um, and Riley Brown to move backwards and forwards and get involved as much as they wanted to. The wingers got involved. They've got big raps, raps on Ibrahim Obeid out wide. He was brilliant last night. He's got some really good skills. So 
yeah, it's not as much as doom and gloom as perhaps we thought. Dom English and George Economopoulos have got uh, pulled the wall over the eyes of some people. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they go. Now, much like with the Tigers, we talked about how cohesion is important in this t- in this league and momentum is important. And you mentioned it, Michael, when you were summing up. It might take them a couple of weeks to get into gear th- with this group. Um, didn't look like it yesterday, but there's sterner tests to come for them. Last year, they were a cup side, weren't they? They they were excellent in the cup. They uh, got all the way through the final. They were one kick away from winning the competition. And that was with a team that, in inverted commas, struggled um, at the wrong end of the table. So maybe they can turn it around this year. Maybe they can find some um, cohesion and some more uh, better momentum to keep them going through. They've also got the bonus of playing on Merrill Synthetic, which nobody particularly likes to go and play on, even though it's a nice flat surface and no one likes playing on the synthetic for some reason. I, mean, I think it's probably to do with injuries or, or um, however. But they've got a group out there now, which I think Dom and George are going to be really keen to work with. They look like they're um, a keen group that wants to learn. Um, and much like Tuggerong United, they're probably going to surprise far more teams than we thought they might. Absolutely. Matt, do we want to get into the MPL round one fixtures? Yeah, I'll quickly just uh, list off the matches that we have first up. Russ mentioned this one earlier, uh, what he's dubbed the Chavapi Derby, the Croatian Derby. Uh, O'Connor Knights v Canberra Croatia, Saturday, April 1st, 3pm from O'Connor in close. Uh, then we've got Canberra Olympic up against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, April 1st, 3pm at the AIS Grassfield 2. Then we have uh, probably my favourite of Russ's uh, dubs of dar- uh, derbies and matches, Monaro Panthers v Tigers FC, the Battle of the Big Cats, Saturday, April 1st, 5.30pm at Riverside. And then we've got, of course, the return of Tarong United against Gungaling United, Sunday, April 2nd, 3pm from Canberra 201. Are there any matches that stand out to you there, Russ, uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, well, the Chivapi Derby wasn't actually my idea. The clubs that came out oh, there we go. themselves. Sorry. <laughs> we, we were looking, we were looking for a name for it, and I think we we chucked that one in as a bit of a joke um, at the start of last season, and it's kind of stuck. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, look, we start our games on Friday. Our first match with Jeremy is a mm. Friday night game in the w, in the WNPL, which you'll talk about with Jeremy a bit later down the track. And then on Saturday, I've got two matches. We're going to go to the Chivapi Derby. Myself and Frank Keisha will be on that one at three o'clock and then we'll hot tail it across to the Riverside for the Battle of the Big Cats at 5.45. And then Sunday, Ian Worthington will join me at Bar 2 for Tuggeron Gungarlin. The, uh, what we love about round one is the hope and expectation of every club that goes out there. You're not going to win the league in round one. You're not going to get relegated in round one. There's no real pressure on the clubs. There's expectation from their fans and from within um, and from us as a, as a media group that, that we'll expect and and we'll expect certain things, but it's they, they can play with a bit of freedom. They can show us some things that perhaps we haven't already seen. I'm sure each one of our coaches, which you mentioned in all those teams, they're all very cerebral thinkers that, that like to think about the game. And sometimes they overthink about the game, but it gives them an opportunity to come up with something different. Um, and I'm really looking forward to all of them. Uh, we're not covering the Olympic Wanderers game in terms of commentary on the, on the Saturday. We'll be picking those teams up the following week. But even that game there has got a, a fair amount about it. You, it's important to get off to a good start in round one. I think it can give you that momentum to build on the season. But as we saw last year, 21 rounds of football is a long time in Canberra, especially when we hit those winter months when it gets a bit cold and the rain starts falling and potentially the snow comes down and the field gets hard. 
and you, you want the players to dig in. It's going to be a fantastic season. I've not been excited about a season so much for quite some time. I think you look at that group of eight clubs that we've got there, and you mentioned it at the top of the broadcast, Matt. You can almost chuck them all in a, in a bowl, pull them out, and go, that's your eight in that order. And it's as good a way as any to pick who's going to win this thing. Um, I can't wait for it. Super excited. And we'll be here every step of the way for Bar TV Sports. Capitalfootball.com.au will bring you all the news reviews. You can follow us on Facebook and my own personal account on the social media, bringing you stuff, you guys as well. And of course, here on the Eminem podcast, where we'll be dissecting it every week and deciding what went right and what went wrong. And I'd just like to make a shout out as well, because we never give them a, a preview. Uh, new referees group this year as well. There'll be some new referees that you'll see in the middle that perhaps you saw on the sideline last year and the assistant referees making the step up into the middle. Wish them all the best as well. I think we've got an exciting season for them too. Um, what I'm really enjoying having seen the Australia Cup is the interaction between our match officials and the players so far. It's been very, very good. It's been better than I've seen it for a long time and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, that's awesome to hear and that's uh, obviously been a topic for a while. So it's good to see that's... Um has looked very good in pre-season. Michael, any last words from you before we um head off? No, I, I mean, there's just so much to look forward to. I mean, we've talked about it pretty much from top to bottom in everything we've discussed in the show from, you know, the news around the A-League expansion for Canberra, uh, each of the MPL sort of sides, players taking up it opportunities to play outside of Canberra and overseas. You know, uh, an exciting round one is upon us as well. And, you know, as Russ sort of mentioned there at the end about the re new refereeing group and the interaction between the referees and the players, it very it's very pleasing news to hear. And like Russ mentioned, it's something that we want to see consistently throughout the year, just positive and, you know, respond respectful sorry interactions between the players on the pitch and the referee in the middle it's going to make our game uh better and, and better for the viewer uh, as well so there there's so much to look forward to it's a really exciting time i think uh not only just in the npl but football in canberra in general it's heading in a really good direction and hopefully that continues over you know this season and into the future as well i'll give you guys a little bit of a heads up as well as i can here um well, there will be a new um, a respect campaign this year as well, which we're working on right now. The reduce abuse campaign will be pushed to the back a bit, and there'll be a new campaign which will focus on the game as a, as a whole. Um, uh, hopefully, it goes down well and everybody gets on board with it. And I'll leave you with the fact that uh, keep an eye out on the social media accounts this week because we've been working on an MPL promo for the return of Bar TV. And I think we've got something pretty cool, which um, Dion Sturgiopoulos, uh, I think that's how we pronounce his surname, um, has uh, put together for me as part of his intern project with players from a lot of the clubs and some highlights of the footage. It's uh, come out really well. So get behind that if you can. Please share it around and and uh, join us on Bar TV. That sounds awesome. We'll definitely give that a share uh, when we can. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, this isn't the end of the previews. We've got MPLW coming up. Uh, in the next few days, next week, most likely we'll have the CPL. And there's a whole bunch of interviews that I have there with um, majority of the coaches. So if you still want to know more about MPL um, previews, I've interviewed the majority of the coaches there up on the Facebook page, on the Instagram as well. So give those a look and 
of course, check out Capital Football. You'll, I'm sure Russ, uh, Russ and um, the rest of the team will have uh, written previews up there also. So there's a whole bunch for people to check out when you can. That's us here from Eminem Podcast, the Canberra Football Show, episode 71. Welcome back. It's 2023, everyone.